So came in training on, on Friday morning and Scott Dan, James Tompkins and Mamadou Sacco were the three centre-backs. So came in and Danzy phoned in sick. Right? Wow. So now I'm bumped up to three. Right? <laughs> so now I'm like the kit man, get me a tracksuit, I'm travelling. I've got to be on the bench at least. Yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm in. <laughs> Training starts, Tonks does his hamstring. hamstring. Oh, wow. You're up to number two. All of a sudden, you're in. You're <laughs> and it's all traffic. You are listening to House of Football, brought to you by Sports Joe and William Hill. Hi, I'm Eric Lawler. You're welcome to episode five of House of Football. And I'm delighted to say we've got two veterans of the podcast in the studio, the devilishly handsome and satorial elegant, Mr. Damien Delaney and Alan Cawley. Lads, welcome to the podcast again. Thank you very much. Am I not dev- devilishly handsome Both of you are devilishly handsome and satorial <laughs> elegant. Got out of that one, didn't he, quick. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so how's things with yourself, Damien? Pretty good, man. Yeah. Yeah, pretty good, yeah. How's Cork? Cork's beautiful. Weather's starting to turn. Golf courses are firming up. The golf uh, course are golf firming up. Firming you play up. off an unbelievable handicap, don't you? decent handicap, yeah, three. Wow. Plays yeah. off a handicap at three. Yeah. Um, and you're a snooker man. What's your highest break? 53. 53? When I was 11, can I say? I'm playing with, t- when you were 11? I told you, it was a misspent youth. Okay, Lived right. So standing place. on ball fights and stuff. Every shot was with the rest. Ah, right. Okay. Literally, every shot was with the rest. But I, I was handy. But you mentioned it even out, outside. Practice makes perfect. I was playing every day of the week. Oh, yeah. Weekends, yeah. How did you end up with that? It's my first love, snooker. And His dad owned a snooker hall. Well, he oh, used to run a snooker hall, yeah, two tables. And it was going on for years in Sligo, and then I, I got involved. Two and tables, Al? He had two tables in the that's club. A, that's a snooker shed, not a snooker hall. It's like that was the best thing you know I popped, The same thing popped into my head. I didn't want to disrespect him. <laughs> ah, come on, Dave. He looked really proud. <laughs> I am really proud. <laughs> 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 my dad gets a hold of you. Sorry, Mr. Carly. A snooker hall, two tables. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, two tables, sorry. Snooker uh, setup. Okay, right. Listen, 53 is very impressive from the level. Is it? Is it? good? Well, three in golf handicap is incredible. Compares to 53 at 11, I'd say the golf one is more impressive. Yeah, it's not, man. It, like, I mean, like, you're approaching Gareth Bale levels so. No, it's not. Like, I mean, like, the How low... long did it take you to get to that point? Oh, like, it took me about, like, about four years, three years to get down. I got to one last year. Wow. Um, yeah, and then I kind of drifted back up again. It was too hard playing down at that. But, like, the thing with golf is like three sounds good, but the difference between the three handicapper and a scratch golfer is like cataclysmic. Right. And, the, and okay. the difference between a scratch golfer and a plus two golfer is like different sports. Okay. You Jesus. know, I play with a lot of lads who are like in the plus range, plus one, plus two. Like, and you think I was a beginner if you watch me play. Wow. Like, they're brilliant. Whereas then sometimes I go and play with like medium handicappers and I go, actually, I'm not bad. <laughs> but like, the so how often do you play? Kind of do something nearly every day, to be yeah. honest with you. Yeah, I'd always be tipping away at something. Um, Mrs. here just knows you like, yes, every day. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to I'm gonna veer us off topic now, lads. Back to football, okay? okay. Because it, it is a football podcast, believe it or not. Um, I suppose, we look back at the weekend that just was. The League of Ireland happened. Uh, Bows are still, miraculously, on top of the league by four, four or five points. Um, obviously, I'm delighted about that. Damien, we just learned, of course, that you are a member of the Cork City Board, which is... Fascinating from our point of view. It's great to see someone of your stature getting involved in the local game. And can you tell us a little bit how that happened and, and why you got involved? Um, yeah, Dermot Usher bought the club um, in the off season, and he approached me and he said he was putting together a, shall I say, a well-rounded board with a variety of opinions. Uh, Dermot is somebody that likes to be challenged, 
Um, he said that to me. Don't be afraid to. to no better man says you. Yeah, well, like yeah. I mean, look, I, you know, you, you, I would tell him what I think. Yeah. But ultimately, it's his football club. He can do what he wants. You know. Um. So I would always be telling him what I see on the pitch and what I think. Maybe not what I see on the pitch, but you know things that he's thinking of doing and whatever. But I say in my lane, then he's a, a well-rounded board in terms of his business people on it as well. He's marketing people, so it's just a, a well-rounded board. And the trade-off for me is I get to listen to to, to successful business people talking um, and put me in a world that I've not been in before. Yeah, um, you know. Um, are you enjoying it? Weeks off teams meetings and stuff. I am actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I go to the games on on Friday night to take my small in as well, which is brilliant. Which is great. Like, yeah. so I take him in and um, and he loves going down to. Oh, we want to give him a, a dairy milk and a, and a bottle of coke. because one thing, even since Derma has got involved, and obviously, and Eric knows this, and we've discussed it many times about the hype and exposure that the league is getting at the moment, mm. and it, it seems like there's something really happening. Yeah, there is uh, in the league, but. He seems a real enthusiastic yeah. figure, Dermot, to be getting involved. Yeah. Was that something that swayed you to want to be involved in that? Um, yeah, he's he's genuine. Like, he's not getting involved for any other reason. He's genuine. He just wants to own a football club and he wants to do well and he's absolutely as enthusiastic as you could ever ever wish to meet. He loves it. Um, he wants to push the club forward. He wants to get into European places. Mm. I suppose half the time my job is basically like saying you need to be a touch realistic with what you can expect in the top. You're the, the cynical centre half. Ah, well, like, I just, I just like... <laughs> the realist. Yeah, 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 well, no, because, you, I, be, yeah. you know, I, 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 and, you know, you understand from a business point of view, certain things are controllable. You know, football is obviously high profile because it's public. You know, sometimes if you're in business and the business isn't going well, it's happening behind closed doors. Okay, mm. the share price, whatever, might fluctuate. But you know what I mean? You have... You're getting judged every Friday night and Monday yeah. night by three, four, five, six thousand people at turn across. So um I just say to him, you need to be realistic what you can expect this year is, is, well, is in terms of potential, and you'd agree with this, oh, massive like Cork City, even all the years I would have played in Turner's mm. Cross, brilliant place to play. But what a football club and in terms of wanting to mm. progress it. And the league and needs a strong Cork City. And, and yeah. you know, their mission this season should be just about consolidating the position in the Premier League and then building on that. That's absolutely season. it. You know, and, 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 and you know, th those lads got promoted from the first division last year and a lot of those lads haven't played regularly at Premier League level. You know, Colin's not managed that Premier League level so he's learning, the players are learning and I think it will be an evolutionary thing as the season goes. Colin will be improved as a manager. The players will improve. They'll get more confidence. Absolutely. Um, and it's a big jump, Damien. Huge jump. First division Cash, Premier is oh, massive. Kind of I don't, sometimes I wonder do people even realise the jump. You see Shelburne... That's a scratch, the plus two gap. That's it. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, 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 you're right. Yeah. Good yeah. description. Right, lads, we're going to go back to uh, the, the other league that's happening across the water. I think there's a, in, there's a football league in England called the Premier League. Um, the big story, the big story, of course, is uh, Arsenal's seeming demise uh, in the time. When the pressure got on, they've had two draws in a row and they played bottom club. If anyone, there's a lot of people doing last man standings and everyone had Arsenal. In the last man standing, they're playing Southampton, bottom team in the league. They're losing 3-1. Okay, they pulled it back to 3-all. Um, what's... What's going on in there? And what's going on there? In your opinion, is it a tactical thing? Is it a mental thing, Damien? Is um, it just the pressure? It's 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 pressure. You know, you're coming down the stretch now. Um, you know, having been involved in teams that have been promoted and have been in the playoffs. Um, when you start getting down to, you know, you're playing first on a Friday night, your mind can wander. You start looking at fixtures on a Saturday, and you're thinking, oh, well, if we win tonight, we go and they yeah. not play that. And you start playing mental games with yourself. You know, keeping the focus on your task, and that's it. Arsenal been brilliant this year. Yeah, um, and I know there was a big debate about would you class it as a, a capitulation? I'm not sure you would. You know, there are a few draws against teams they shouldn't. You know, but they've been so so good. I mean, you look yeah. at what the likes of Liverpool, Chelsea have been gone have gone through. 
they've been a breath of fresh air. They've, they've been really been good. And it's still in their hands. You yeah. know, they go to the Etihad on Wednesday. Yeah. Wednesday yeah. And then they have five-point gap in City of Two Games' hands. So technically, it's still in their hands. And this is where Atel is going to earn his corn. This is where he's going to, like, you know, refocus the players, forget about what's gone. We have a, an eight-game season. Is it eight games they've got left? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, an eight-game season, and we're just going to tick one off at a time. And this is where managers... I, I said it before. There's a reason top managers get paid twelve million pound a year. You know, just, they come in and this just, is why. This yeah. is where you earn your cross. This is the difference. You the know, business end of the yeah. season. Yeah. What about yourself? Yeah. You um, I've been disappointed with them in the last two games. I've been. I've stuck up for them all year. All the questions we used to pose at Arsenal in terms of that kind of uh, soft underbelly. Yeah. They've answered all those questions mm. all year. Anytime it's been posed, they've always come up with the answers. I followed the documentary when it came out. I thought it was brilliant in terms of. Everything that he had said he was trying to create, I could see it happening now in front of our eyes in terms of our culture and good lads, good. Uh, he got rid of Aubameyang, I thought brilliant management. When all the hierarchy were going against him, he stood up strong. A young manager saying, no, this fella, out the door, get rid of him. And what did you think of his motivation techniques? <laughs> well, some of those, I was, the, the light bulb one, that was the moment I thought, all right, hold on a minute. And then when he got the photographer, the club photographer to do the team talk. Yeah. And he's always trying to be creative, thinking outside the box. Five he's, six, he's, he's probably five, lucky he doesn't have seasoned pros in there yeah, well, have looked it, at him yeah. and gone ah here and five, <laughs> five or six of those things will always kind of backfire but you might you might actually two or three might work for you and they obviously did and the young, as Damien said maybe it helps that their young lads mm. are buying into it because you could kind of see Lacazette at some points kind of saying is this really <coughs> happening here yeah. but then when it came to the season obviously they've been absolutely brilliant as Damien said love watching them I just feel they've let themselves down badly in the last two or three weeks and obviously it's pressure but if you get yourself into a position where they've been so good, so dominant at one point over City, and I know you have them breathing down your neck, but whatever about the Liverpool draw, which you could allow for because Liverpool... Anfield is a yeah, different course, beast, isn't and, it? And, when, yeah. and, and the Xhaka moment when he gets, obviously changes the whole dynamic in the atmosphere. I just felt they went, two, they went to West Ham the following week. They were two up, absolutely cruising. And then Party tries a little flick in the middle. Rice nicks it off in penalty. And all of a sudden, again, they're rattled. Mm-hmm. And they had still plenty enough time to come back and try and get a, a, a winner that day. So I felt that was a real kind of low point. Then there's no excuse to be two down against Southampton mm-hmm. after 15 minutes Friday night. Now, I know the bounce back and the show it again, you could say the character to show it. But I just think they've let themselves down badly, Eric. And I think they've blown it. Yeah, I think the blown. Yeah, it's hard hard to disagree with any of what he just said there. But like, when you look at where they were to where they are now, that's an incredible leap they've made this year. But the the point, yeah, phenomenal. But the point on that then is, will they ever get a better chance? When you think a Chelsea might improve next year, Chelsea might improve, but Arsenal are are now in the Champions League. Mm. You know, the stadium's all but paid off. You know, Arsenal are going through what Tottenham are going through at the minute. Built a brand new stadium, tightened the the purse strings. Um, the stadium is all but set. The club is in a really good place. Champions League football to offer. A young, bright, vibrant team. A manager with a clear idea. Champions League football. Mm. I think I think they're in a great place. I mean, you can be negative about it, but from where Arsenal were to where they are, if you ask me, would I prefer to be where Arsenal are than Chelsea? Absolutely. Would you, as a, as a club, as an yeah. overall broader view, would I prefer to be where Arsenal are than where Liverpool are? Absolutely, because there's some serious question marks about those two clubs. Would I prefer to be where Arsenal are over Man United? Mm. I would say so. Um, all those three clubs I just mentioned have structural issues. Yeah, you know, serious structural. I agree issues. with all of that. Um, all of that, and that's that's like they're they they are not easily fixed. You I mean you look at Chelsea, the new owners, and them just throwing money at it. That could get an awful lot worse before that gets better. Liverpool has Klopp still got the. 
the energy for it have FSG for still a rebuild got the, for a rebuild had FSG got the stomach yeah. for it that's a huge question he's answering and Man United well Man United are Man United they just seem to be perpetually in in, in, in crisis in crisis <laughs> you know the one good thing I'll say about Man United is I, I believe they have got a good manager now but they are ownership issues as well Arsenal are primed they're in a good spot they're ready to leap forward of course they get castigated mm. for capitulating and throwing a league away and all that I think it's good times are on the horizon for Arsenal again. So I'd agree with sorry, Eric. I would agree with that, and I hope, even though I've been down on them there, I hope to God come the end of the season if they don't win it, that it doesn't unravel for them. Yeah, because of Mm. all the points they they have a brilliant team, they're Mm. they're, and they're young. They'll have to answer obviously with the Champions League and all that coming up. And this could be the best thing that ever happened them. Sometimes you have to lose one to go and win one, you know. And the experience they will gain from that as well. I hope that's the case because, as I said, I've been so impressed with them all season and the manager has a clear idea of what he wants mm. yeah. right and you look at the players he's looking for like he let Mudrick slide like they wanted Mudrick they let a few signings go so they obviously have a, a good financial position where they went look we like this player but we're not going to jeopardise what we have by overspending which is what Chelsea did yeah. you know there's a couple of players that just left Mosey on down the road and they go no no in the summertime we'll do this I'm, I'm happy where we are the average age of the squad is so so good yeah. hopefully they're going to tie Saka down now I think Arteta will sign a couple of under the radar Spanish players yeah, that'll yeah. come in and just like you know blow up and, and maybe he, a big signing like Declan Rice or something I wouldn't I'd take Caicedo if you ask me over the, of the two oh, absolutely yeah. i take Caicedo any day of the week over, yeah. over Declan Rice um, he looks incredible but he? I think that's going to get silly price wise once Man United enter that race there and Chelsea that'll get out of hand but I think then Chelsea, uh, Arsenal will just let that slide and what's good about Arsenal I think they have a check down the list Caicedo, Rice 3, 4, 5 and I think they'd be you know have a price cost benefit in yeah. terms of what they're going in so I think Arsenal are a great spot moving forward I really mm. do and and yes they might miss it this year and they'll have to swallow an awful lot of like ridicule Yeah. and plus the other the other thing on that as well Eric going into the game Wednesday night against Man City it might actually suit them now because everybody is the pressure's off up. yeah exactly yeah. The pres- they're not the ones being hunted now they're the ones that need to co- just come out with a freedom and might just go out and actually express themselves yeah, again absolutely. without that kind of shackles on them you know and don't just, forget well, sorry that the City still you know have you know a domestic treble that's a big pressure mm. yeah, the first true. team since 99 to do it um, now I believe they have the squad to deal with it but like you know they're going to play Real Madrid in, yeah. the, in the Champions League that's going to take a huge toll on them mm-hmm. you know they might drop points here and there in the Premier League a couple of Ropey draws on the run in um, the FA Cup final is on the horizon as well so um, I don't think it's all, all done and dusted yet I mean mm. Jesus absolutely not uh, Wayne Rooney said that uh, Aaron Ramsdale reminds him of Peter Schmeichel would you go along with that despite his massive error on, uh, on Friday as a night. keeper yeah <laughs> Wayne Rooney <laughs> said that like? <laughs> 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 so Aaron Ramsdale reminds him of Peter Schmeichel in terms of his cat like reflexes his ability to you know fill a goal his presence, his coming for balls. I've always read at Rooney's view book. Come on. Someone do a quick Google that. search there. And who's, who's Ramsdale's agent? Because if there's a, a third degree of separation there it's, to Rooney. No way. I'm, I'm actually hearing in my ear now. Really? They do. They do. They have the same agent. There you there go. There you we go, Daniel. Well done, yeah. <laughs> and, and, on my, and on my life, I didn't know that. But when you start hearing stuff like that... Yeah. Yeah, always, and I guarantee you, Rooney has shares in that agency company right, as well. Right, 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 right. So, and all of a sudden, his, his value's getting boosted. And I tell you what, I could almost 
hand on the table tell you that he's in contract negotiations right now <laughs> <laughs> about a new long term deal <laughs> so when you start seeing stuff like that that doesn't quite add up you need to dig a little deeper right and, right right uh, rat surprise so yeah they, 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 they're in the, they share the same agency or something like that so that, that would explain Wayne Rooney's of all uh, the comparisons strange, are, come on strange, Michael yeah. Ramsdale I think he's a good I he's a very, that, that's the first time I heard that there like, probably the first time I've heard that quote or that, that Rooney quote yeah. and straight away I went that Real Ferdinand Schmeichel's are plus two and Ramsdale is the Tree, ah, that, that's another one. Yeah. I think the most impressive thing about Ramsdale, just to get it back on a football point of view, the most impressive thing about Ramsdale is he two relegations back to back. Yeah. Right? And when he went to Arsenal, I always thought to myself, you need to be worried about people that have been relegated back to back. It's a huge toll mentally. You've had two years of losing. Like you get used to losing. It takes its toll on you, you know, when you're 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 you're, you're out of the league. It, it it saps your energy, it saps your confidence. When Arsenal signed him, especially goalkeeper. Because very rarely do a team get relegated if they're keeping clean sheets. Right? Mm. So you've got a goalkeeper who's conceded a ton of goals. And I always thought to myself, that's a real ropey one. They spent a bit of money on him as well. And I went, mm, you want to know where he is psychologically? Can he recover from that? And I know people will say, like, oh, of course, you. it takes its toll, man. Mm. When you're picking the ball out of your net and you're getting beat regularly, it's tough. So I think Ramsdale deserves an awful lot of credit for that. Mm. To take all that... And then produce. And he's had a great season. He's he brilliant. brilliant. He has to be pushing Pickford now for the England number 100%, one. Hundred percent. Yeah, I know? think. And even the Newcastle lad should be pushing Hope. Pickford as well. Yeah, Hope. yeah. He's yeah been we fantastic. all like okay, lads. He's not one for changes. No. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Um. So just just a touch on that, uh, Damien. You you mentioned the clubs who are having structural problems like Chelsea, United, Liverpool. Um. So would you, in, by saying that, would you give Arsenal, if they don't win it this season, a better chance of winning the Premier League before any of those three clubs? There's better times on the horizon for Arsenal over the next three to five years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, because a lot of the clubs, actually, you know, I'd say a lot, the three clubs I mentioned have got to undo an awful lot of work yeah. before they can move forward. And money isn't always the answer. Um, Jurgen Klopp is trying to change the style at Liverpool. It is. I covered the game on the weekend against um, Forrest. Forrest, I forgot already. Um, oh, geez, it was horrific. The first yeah. half was like. You know, I'll tell you what, right? On a Sunday afternoon, I sit down and watch Man City, and I just find myself picking up the paper, <laughs> just glancing and just kind of hear the commentator's voice go up. I kind of go, oh, "What's happened there?" Right? Yeah. There's no, they're good. Yeah. There's no jeopardy. But you don't sit there and go, "Oh, this is interesting." Yeah. yeah, yeah you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, they, yeah. They, they, they win. They'll yeah. wear you down. They score goals. Liverpool, you're always kind of looking, going, "Oh, that's good." There's something about it, right? Mm. That game against Forest, I was just sitting there looking at it, going, "This is tedious in the extreme," you know. Klopp trying to reinvent Trent Alexander-Arnold as a central midfield player. You you don't think that's a good move? Not in a no? million years. No yeah. way. Right. Absolutely not. What's no your, what way. would your reasons for thinking that? Just that. My reasons for thinking that, right? You've seen many central midfield players go to right back. Mm-hmm. You'll never see right back going into midfield. Name me one besides okay. Philip Lamb. Right. That was pointed out to me when I made that point recently. He, and he was the one I was just about to jump and in with. Philip, Lamb. And Philip Lamb, Pep Guardiola described him as a player with the highest football IQ he's ever met in his life. Wow. Right. So that's high praise. So it's very very difficult. Right back. You're facing the play, ball's coming to you. Centre midfield, you're in traffic. Yeah. Pressure coming from all sides. You, you need peripheral to, vision. Peripheral yeah. vision, your range of passing. You know, it, it, it's not doable. On top, of, on top of this, he's asking him to perform this hybrid role of centre midfield to right back. Pep got away from moving Walker into centre midfield because I think what ended up happening is the run from centre midfield back to right back is too long. The reason he's gone with John Stones now is it's a shorter run back into centre-back. Right. And Akanji just slides over to a right-back. And I think even with Kyle Walker's mobility, Kyle Walker's pace, teams are starting to clock. Like, if you leave one hanging out on the left-hand side, on transition, Kyle Walker can't recover quick enough. Right, even with a speed. Even with a speed. Yeah. It's too big a run. Right. It's 25, 30 yards, whereas 
centre back, it's only ten yards okay. for Stones that to drop sense. back in. Yeah. Right, so I think that's why Pep's moved away from that. Um, Jesus, man, we could do a whole show on why I don't think Trent should be in central midfield. Um, <laughs> like, but a lot of Liverpool fans seem to be. Oh, finally, we have Trent in his. Yeah, well, that's because there's position. a lot of noise from the outside about that, you know, because yeah. technically he is very good. We see the passes, and we see the crosses, all incredible. that kind of stuff. Yeah. But as Damien said, that's all good and well when you have the ball. Watch him when they're without the ball, and especially in that midfield, because yeah. the, the one thing when you when, when I watch Liverpool, and it amazes me that they still play him in right full position, I would have had him gone long ago, not even into midfield, I would have dropped him. And I would have actually been considering selling him, to be honest with you, okay, yeah. because he was such a liability at right full. Every week, the same thing. And... They're easy fixes as a, as a defender right full in terms of your position and your awareness. And whatever about a lad who's enthusiastic and wants to get better and is going to a coach and saying, look, I need to improve on this. He looks like a lad who has absolutely zero interest in defending, doesn't even want to be there. So he was never, ever even struck me as the type of lad who is going to the coach and say, look, I want to learn, or, I want to improve. Or watching, like, when you're pointing stuff out in the video, which is blatantly obvious, we can see it when we're watching a match, never mind the coach coming to you and actually pausing things saying, you should have been here. Like, there are things you would actually improve on if, you're, if they were pointed out to you. Mm -hmm. Now they've put him in midfield. The one thing where he struggles, and what was the game I was watching last week, where Jeez. it was the Arsenal game as well, where um, the ball, the first game, where the Arsenal went 2-0 up, it was that easy for them to get in down that left-hand side, Martinelli. He was square on at one stage. Where he's not even giving himself a chance on the half turn to go with the run and match the run. He's literally like this. Square on, yeah. So if he thinks the runs are hard... Um, as wingers running off him, try an attacking midfielder running off his shoulder or running a off his back. A seasoned attacking midfield player. You know what I mean? You can imagine the likes of a Lampard and him standing centre midfield and Lampard, a G, who was brilliant at it. Yeah. it. It doesn't even have to be a Lampard. Yeah. A, a run of the mill centre midfielder but, making a forward but all, run. All those issues you talk about at right back, lack of awareness, right? Lack of attention to danger, doesn't see danger quick enough. Uh, reactive as opposed to a proactive defender. Centre midfield, all that is times 10. Right. Right. And you're playing hundred miles an hour. It's hundred miles an hour, and you'll have centre midfield players who will just like go strong the pitch, and Trent will switch off and go. Oh, that's a good game today. And all of a sudden, bang, run off the back of him, and just do something. Can't defend one v one. You try to defend one v one in the middle of the park, and then go both ways. At least when you're playing right back, you got a touch line, so you can show them down the line. You got the end line, so you got a little box to right, right, right. Help. Centre midfield players can go both ways. This, the level of discipline you have to have in the middle of midfield. People always say to are you, me... Are you, obviously, you, you actually played a bit in midfield yourself. Yeah, I did, but I was just an up-and-downer, man. I, was just, I played centre midfield right. in that deep-lying position, right? And now it was more for... I would have been good on the ball. Defensively, I would have been... Suspect. Weak. Yeah, suspect. Yeah. That's fair enough. We played a game one night in Oriel Park. Um, Ronan Finn, and this one, Ronan was in his prime in terms of his energy, up and down and up and down. And I remember thinking, okay... The whole night I had every run, matched every run, switched off for one second, Eric, and that's all it takes. Mm. And Trent could be the same. You think, mm. oh, I have bang. He would be like whatever about him being a liability at right full. He'd be an even major. He'd be exposed, especially at a club where yeah. where Damien's pointing out the restructuring and, that has and, and to go on. Two final points on that, right? One, Andy Robinson's though got a slide round as a left side of three centre back, right? So now you're taking away your attacking threat down the left side, right? Right. Two, Trent goes in the middle of the park. Who gets the ball? Salah. Because Salah starts deepening right, almost right, a right, wing right. back. Yeah. Or even worse, Henderson starts drifting out there. I was watching that Forest game where he goes, Henderson was playing right back and Trent was in the middle of midfield. And I went, what's the difference there? Yeah. Like, what are you getting, what are you getting in there? Absolutely yeah. nothing. So they're the structural issues within the team where, where it won't work. And my second point, dropped out of my head now, it'll come back to me. Um, we'll, go, we'll go back there. We'll, yeah, just, we'll, we'll move on to another uh, huge match over the weekend, which was the... Uh, 
Now, we, we mentioned the word capitulation, but I've never seen a capitulation like I saw in the first 20 minutes of St. James's Park that came from Tottenham Hotspur against mm. Newcastle. Now, Newcastle were amazing. Spurs were awful. Uh, what was the correct analysis there? Was it somewhere in the middle? No, it's absolutely 100% not Spurs. Yeah. I mean, that is nothing to do with tactics or structure or <coughs> structure integrity. That is just a team that's just thrown it over. Mm. The team that are probably sitting in the pre-match meeting and the new manager has just... Is boring the players. None of them are focused. They're looking at them going, jeez, would you ever just... <laughs> we need a your, new voice. You're part of the old fella and you're coming in here telling us that you're the boss and, you know, like, would you get out? The player, he's lost the players and, and that's what that performance is. Opening 20 minutes, they just players are just down tools and the fact that he was sacked yesterday. Yeah. Has there ever been an interim manager sacked? Uh, I've, I've never, never heard, heard that before. <laughs> well, I have an issue with him being there in the first place because he comes in... Because as Damien said, he's from yeah, the old regime. And I'd say he came in under Conte's ticket he should have walked with Conte. If he had anything about him, he should have left with Conte and, and be loyal as well. That's I have an issue with him as a person. Right. <laughs> there was might have been money. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Walk dangling. if you want, but you get nothing. But, but if I was Conte, I'd be sitting at home. Him? Yeah. You're supposed to be with no, me. Conte would have been saying, stay, my man. Get your pay up. You stay and get your pay up. But they were. They were an absolute disgrace. Yeah, and and um, I've seen this Spurs a few times, even in the flesh. The little lab, as you know, follow Spurs. They're, they're, the lack of professionalism out of them. And I've seen them. I remember going over to a game last year and Delhi Ali came out afterwards when the, the players have to do the runs. I know he's not there now, but it's just indicative of what's going on in that environment and that culture. And you see the good professionals come out, whether the player or not, and to do the runs. And, and it, it's the most tedious thing in the world. Mm, come out and do the runs the after the yeah, match when yeah. the game's over. He waltzed out. And I remember the, the, the fitness fella, one of the coach lads, I was watching this in, in amazement. And I remember the fitness lad having a go at him. And I looked at the fella now as much, say, would you ever, like Damien says, you ever? And I just thought everything is wrong here, like, mm-hmm. you know. And and if you think of Mourinho and Conte, two of the greatest kind of motivator type managers, couldn't get a tune out of this group. Both of them couldn't. They had problems with this group of players. I think it tells you everything about the group of players. Yeah, you have an issue with Spurs where um, the schoolmaster types just didn't get a reaction out of them. And they let them do what you want type of players didn't get a reaction out of them. So Stellini obviously kind of went, look, lads, you're all good players. Go and enjoy yourselves, play football. Players switched off. Yeah. There's a culture issue at Spurs. And culture is driven by players. Your leadership group, whoever, you know, the five or six players that are driving the culture of that club. Because he mentioned that um, Le- Levy in his, uh, his statement yesterday after uh, the, the lad was sacked, he mentioned that he spoke to the player committee I never heard that expression before at the club. Be a leadership is that like group, the, yeah. the, the senior yeah, players, four, is it? you know, it'd probably be like the likes of Kane, Lloris, right. Dyer, yeah, senior pros, the senior yeah. pros, the lads who've been there know the club and, and would have a relationship with Daniel. But that, that would go on a lot of clubs, would it? Uh, wouldn't go on an awful lot, no. Okay, um, but like you know, Stellini probably was just actually just thought popped into my head there. Stellini probably just wanted to get paid off as well. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and 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 and. Um, Levy probably said to him, well, you can go with Conte if you want, but we're not paying you up, so you have to resign. And yeah. he went, no, I want my money. And Conte and, and Levy probably said, well, you're going to oh, you get his pay up. So he goes. So he probably said, look, put you on guard and leave, or you can have your money. So he's gone, and he'll be back in Italy with Conte, and they'll be Best friends a glass again. of, you know, whatever. <laughs> how, right was he, how right was he proved, though, Conte? Like, but everything know. he said, everything he said, yeah, the culture is not right in that club. In ter- like, you know, this, this long-standing uh, myth, if you want to call it, about spores, you know, spores are spores. Mm. They're very sporesy. Like, did you ever experience that? Uh, is, was that like the talk of the dressing room no. when you were playing against so Spurs? The, so the Spurs teams I played against, right, were Vertonghen, Alderweireld. Okay. Wanyama, Dembele. Okay, right. Eriksen, yeah. Ali, Kane. They were the proper Spurs. Danny team. Rose, Kyle Walker. Pochettino you got, Spurs. You got nothing out of them. 
I mean, you. I tried to run in the gym <coughs> ballet one time. Oh my good god! Like brick wall. Really? Oh, blindsided him as well. <laughs> Thought I'll get him here. I swear to God, didn't even like he just turned around at me. I bounced off him. Like, yeah. One yama. I mean, and by the way, Dembele was probably the best player in possession that I've ever seen on the ball. That's he, the Belgian lad, isn't it? Really? Oh, yeah. He was God, unbelievable. He was. Yeah. He could was take, he that good? He could take it anywhere and get out of any situation and nobody could bully him. He was as solid as they come. They didn't get bullied. And this was when Deli Ali was as peak. Harry Kane was. Ericsson was peak Ericsson. I mean, just floating. Um, Danny Rose and Kyle Walker were machines up and down on the left wing. Like, I mean, just... remember one game we did there before. So, like... Just statistics while you speak, and this is like a, a random afterthought, but like I suppose high speed run or a sprint in football is anything that will be over something like seven meters a second, okay. right? So, on any given uh, game, any player might carry out somewhere in the region of a thousand meters, right? Um, of sprints, of sprints, like that is like top end midfield player, right? Yeah. You know, I mean, seven meters a second is high, 5.5 meters is a high speed run. You might be wrong here. No, maybe five point five or seven. Anyway, the average. It might, I can't remember. If it was five point five or seven. Um, there'll be fitness coaches listening to snow going. <laughs> anyway, so the highest I ever saw, like in a game, would be like maybe about a thousand or eleven hundred meters. Wow. Kyle Walker at sixteen hundred meters. Jesus. Of a high speed run. One day, one day at Crystal Palace. Because afterwards, you used to put the stats up on the thing, and we just looked, and we were just like, "Gone." That guy just sprinted up and down. Non-stop. All day, yeah. Like 5.5 metres a second up and down. And you watch him and you go, he was just a machine. Like, Relentless. Incredible yeah. was what that's he was. That's amazing. And Danny Rose probably wasn't far behind him. So anyway, there you go. Someone will correct that, whether that's 7 or 5.5. It's probably 5. I don't think 5. I've ever 5. broken into a sprinter. <laughs> <laughs> On the pitch. <laughs> no, I saw, I saw you Walker. breaking into a sprint once when you came up to near the bow's end. And uh, you start getting abuse at world that you, you legged her up to the other side of the pitch fairly sharpish. <laughs> now, in fairness to you, that was the fastest thing you run. Yeah. But uh, Harry Kane, I want to come to Harry Kane now. Like it's it's a perennial topic because you know he's been so loyal to Spurs over the years. Like what if you're Harry Kane, Damien yeah. and Alan? What do you do? What what's what's your next move? For the first time on Sunday watching the match, and I know all the focus on the defensive side of things. He was still doing his bit. Obviously, got his goal, but it was the first time I've looked at him and thought he knows he's gone. The body language was yeah. It? I just felt looking at him on Sunday for the first time, as I say. I've I've followed him him closely in particular over the last number of years, obviously. But and I always thought maybe the longer it goes on, the more he would stay at Spurs. For the first time, I looked at it on Sunday and I thought he he knows he's gone as well. This thing is all unraveling here, and you're on about senior pros. And I know he's not the type to go around shouting and bawling anyway. But if you're playing the team and you're the top man and your team is getting the way to rip to shreds and throwing the towel in as Damien said surely there has to be a reaction even from you to say here there was nothing out of him mm -hmm. it's a familiar tune for him since Pochettino left a lot of managers have come in tried to change it and they, they can't Harry Kane's in a precarious situation now he's 31 yeah. soon I think there's um, a year left on his contract a lot of miles on the clock dodgy <laughs> ankles mm -hmm. Maybe not dodgy ankles but he's had ankle issues yeah. you know um, you, you watch him his, his ankles are heavily strapped um, I'm not saying he's finished by any stretch of the imagination Daniel Levy is notoriously the most difficult chairman in the Premier League to deal with mm. you know he will tie players down to contracts and will not wilt maybe one Spurs player that's got better than Daniel Levy he will run them down to the last minute and even if they say okay Harry you can go in the summer but we want 70 million quid for you nobody's paying 70 million pounds for 31 year old Harry Kane in the summer when he's a year left from his contract so that means this time next year he's 31 probably closer to 32 someone just double check his age there, there yeah. to someone doing a disservice 
Um, and then he's on a free transfer. There'll always be somebody pick him up. Always. But so I just don't know who. They're saying Levy is more likely to sell to uh, a non-English club. Yeah, you look at Bayern Munich. Bayern Munich was talking that. Yeah, yeah. obviously they've... Oh, he's 30, he's 30 in the summer. Oh, he's 30 in the summer? Yeah. Oh, say so I'm yeah. doing him a disservice. So he'll be 31 the next summer. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. So yeah. he's... Um, so he is worth 70 million then, is he? No, well, no, not really. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, <laughs> listen, obviously he's not as, as severe as what I made it was. I thought he was 31 the summer. I got that wrong. Um, so he's 29 now. Yeah. Um, so, but, but the point still stands... Um, that I think it's going to be difficult for him. I don't think he's going to be left out of there easily. The worst thing for him is he's probably one of the best strikers in the world and the going rate for a top striker in the world now is, what, 250 a week. He's probably nowhere near that. Yeah. So not only is he not getting the medals, he's not getting the financial recognition that he probably should be as well. Mm. That's, what, that's what, that's when you, what you get when you have your brother as your agent. Like the problems we've outlined there with Spurs like over the last number of years and, and everybody kind of, you said Spursy. The goal return from him even again this season in a team that's been so up and down, it's yeah. absolutely unbelievable. It really is. And his assists. And whether people like him or not, it's phenomenal. Like, it's I'd, love, I'd love to see him go to Bayern Munich. Go to where? Bayern Munich. Oh, really? I think yeah. he's phenomenal. Oh, I, I think he's phenomenal. Oh, I, think, I think that would be like, that would just be... The perfect move for him. Ah, absolutely. Over but the Germany. reason he won't go to Bayern Munich because he wants to break Scherer's record. I think, I think he's that selfish as well. Is he that, that far he, away, man? He's 207 now. Rooney's 208 and Scherer's 260. That's two seasons of goals. Fifty two goals. Like, look, but if he's twenty nine, I, I think all I, he has to do fifteen goals over the next four but I, seasons. But I but I think he'd he if you offered him Bayern Munich in the Bundesliga where he's going into a team that is just lacking a number nine, you know, um, maybe I, Chelsea Ted, the only reason him. he wouldn't go there, Damon, and, well, and I'd be with you on the sense that obviously a huge club, brilliant club, the record, I'm telling you now, he is he is hell bent on that record. And that's the reason he hasn't moved. No, what, that, that's the reason I think stay in, stay in England. That's a fair point. I, 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 I wouldn't know, but I, I like... Now, whether I just, that Spurs, whether that's United... I'm just not United, sure that Levy would sell him to a Premier League club on, on, on the cheap, or not even on the cheap, at a fair price. Levy is going to grind every last cent out of whoever takes him. Who would be a good match for him? Chelsea, they're dying for number nine. United, I think, would be the ones. Would of course, United, United love a... <laughs> do they have the 70 million for him? Of course they do. <laughs> <laughs> of course they do. But, the, but <laughs> I, th- I do think it's the record, that's all. And that's like... And people will say about the medals he hasn't done this or what won what he should have maybe. The record, if he goes, if he finishes up as the record goal scorer with England, the record Premier League goal scorer. He'd be happy enough. I think he's done okay. Individual accolades. But he, um, so the talk now, the latest talk at the moment on the managerial roundabout in the Premier League is that Pochettino is going to be the next Chelsea manager. Um, is he a good fit, do you think, Damien, in your, in your mm, opinion? I think so. Um, but the issue with Chelsea is how much control do you actually have? Mm. Yeah, you're taking the job there, and you know you could be on a hiding to nothing. You know you've Todd Bowley, who's very hands on. You're probably going to say, "Look, you signed A, B, and C, and I don't want A, B, and C. But that was two hundred million quid worth of players. You know how do we move them on now? You know how do we get them out and refresh the squad, or maybe Potts, you know, look at it and say, I love the squad.' Yeah, right up my street. I've got loads to work with. Just give me number nine. Um, but I think it'd be good. It fits. I don't know why you say you say it. Pochettino, Chelsea. It fits. Yeah. He looks like the type of character that could go in and galvanize that squad. It looks like the type of squad that's lacking direction. There's no real huge egos there. There doesn't seem to be any player problems. They all seem like a good bunch of lads. They're just lacking direction. Um, and I think they just need a manager that'll give it to him. And I think Pochettino could be the guy. And it's just strange, I suppose, because he he has this uh, uh, association with Spurs, and Spurs obviously are looking for a manager, and the Spurs fans have been hammering Levy to get. Pochettino, Pochettino back. back 
But and I read an interesting comment from a sports fan there recently. He says, why are we always waiting to see who the big clubs pick up before we go for the manager? Do you know what I mean? It's never Spurs going after. Yeah, because the same scenario was with Nagelsmann, wasn't it? Chelsea wanted him and he's dropped out of it now and now they're saying he might might go to Spurs. So yeah. to echo your point, why didn't we go for Nagelsmann yeah, before Chelsea? Yeah, yeah. The Pochettino one, I think it would be a good fit because the one thing they always praise Pochettino for and when you think of that brilliant Spurs team that he had and got them to the Champions League final and all and on the verge of winning the Premier League his man management supposed to be unbelievable they all loved him and it just looks to me like the type of players that are at Chelsea would love that yeah. type of manager who'd allow them Joao Felix, Havertz these lads that would come in basically say look go out and play kind of thing obviously put a structure on it but go out mm. that, type yourself, yeah, yeah. that type of manager <clears throat> Just on talking about managers um, uh a lot of eyebrows were raised, Damien, when Roy Hodgson came back to Palace. Um, after we thought, like I spoke to you about this, Alan, we thought... I love Roy Hodgson, by the way. Yeah, we, we thought for a year I was doing an okay job. Now, I know the wheels fell off towards the end of his tenure and all that. And when Hodgson came back, you're thinking, what was he, 76 or something like that? 70, 76. Yeah. Um, his last spell, he did okay with them, um, but he had a very old ageing squad, I suppose. Um, and now Crystal Palace has been blessed with all these new... London lads like you know Lise, Eze like, and, and they've got some really fabulous footballers and Hodgson's come in four games three wins and a draw and they're just flying like mm. it, 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 you worked under Hodgson for a season I yeah, think it was Damien season, was it yeah, yeah. What, what's your opinion on Hodgson as a man I love him I think manager? I would probably say he's the best manager I ever played for like, really I never actually played for him I think I played one game for him well you still play for him but like in terms that's of, amazing Eric. a footballer to say he's the best I've ever worked with and I never played yeah, I that s- tells I you s- I've seen him operate like so on the way. training pitch and all that kind of thing is it in the building just right. the way he dealt with people the way he spoke to people Brilliant. the way he um, he's got a lovely way of um, telling you the truth and right. explaining it in a way that you will disagree with him but you shake his hand and go okay I see your point and right. you leave I can't tell you the amount of times like you come in the Monday morning and you see fellas frothing at the mouth sitting outside his office like and twenty minutes later you say, Well I got for thanks, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? He can just take a conversation and just go, Okay, and not bullshit you. Yeah. You know, he, he, a lot of managers will come in and, and, and kinda of calm you down. But Royal come in and say, hey, Look, you're not playing at the moment, but well, here's the reason and this is what I see, this is the overall structure of the team, this is what he gives me. Um, you're not far away or whatever. But it's the truth. And I don't think any player has ever got upset when they've been told the truth. Wow. Players would disagree with it. Yeah. But if it's explained in a way that you understand, you know, I think people always just, players always want to be heard and want to be feel like they voiced whatever issue they have. And Roy will listen to you. So when you go and see Roy and you sit down, he will shut up for 10 minutes and he'll sit there and he'll look you in the eye and he'll say, okay. And he'll let you talk and he'll let you get it off his chest. And then, he'll, and then he won't just go off at his own spiel. He'll address what you said to him. You know what I mean? And he'll just acknowledge what you said to him and said, I take your point, but this is how I see it. And that's why that's what he's very good at. That's so man, communication I is a strong that's man skill his, yeah. I absolutely love hearing this because the amount of respect I have for that man and only from just watching him mm, from, from, the, from the outside, yeah. from afar. I mentioned here last week, obviously he's come back and done a great job. And the amount of times I've seen him disrespected by people as well, the way he speaks. And the fact that he's come back in and to hear Damien validate all the things that I thought is absolutely amazing. And for a player to say that about a manager, the amount of times I've gone into managers and to say one thing and do the opposite and they're full of shite, basically, right? To hear someone like that who who will agree with or will listen to your point and have it out with you or whatever, but be honest whether he agrees with you or he doesn't mm. and you shake hands and move on. That's all a player wants it, from it, anyone. Here's a funny story for you, right? The one game we played for Roy, right, was Man United away at Old Trafford, right? Ah, a handy one. A handy one, right? <laughs> I was out the team for like, it was my first game of the season 
So I was four choice centre back, and, and I had some issues before I came in. And, and when he got the job, he called me. He said, "Well, you're back in, whatever, fine." So I came in on the Friday morning, and Roy always said to me, he "said Look, if you want to travel to first team, come with us. I'm more than happy to have you on board." You know, he said, "But if you want weekend off, I, I was 36 at the time, okay. so if you want weekend off, no problem, take that as well." So I came in training on, on Friday morning, and Scott Dan, James Tompkins, and Mamadou Sacco were the three centre backs. So I came in, and Danzy'd phoned in sick. Right, wow. so now I'm bumped up to three. Right, <laughs> so now I'm like the kit man. Get me a tracksuit. I'm traveling. I got to be on the bench at least. Yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. I'm like, God, oh, I'm, I'm in. <laughs> Training starts. Tongs does his hamstring. Hamstring. Oh, wow. You're up to number two. All of a sudden, you're in. You're <laughs> and it's Old Trafford. So I hadn't played in like in I did since the end of the following the previous season. Really? This was early on the season. I say it was maybe September, October time. Okay. Still a good four or five months or whatever. Oh, I hadn't played. Yeah. Like yeah. you know what I mean? But the thing is he used to let me play twenty ones or twenty threes games, whatever the, the, the thing is, I don't know. And I played a couple of them just because I just wanted to you know, I, I love playing football. So yeah. I, you know what I mean? So you only allow play three overage players That's or something right. like that. You know what I mean? And I always said to the twenty ones manager twenty threes, I can't remember where I was, I always said to him, I said, look I'm not getting away with any young fella. Do you know what I mean? Like, play the young fellas. If you want to play an 18 centre back, he said. But if 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 you're all right and you're happy for me to play, just let me know and 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 I'll 45 minutes. And I think the week previous, I played 45 minutes against someone at it in the, in the training ground. And um, anyway, he went up to Old Trafford. Game started. Got beat two nil. But I got man the match. Ah, nice. right, brilliant. Nice for Palace, right? Yeah, yeah. So like yeah. you know the the thing. So the next week comes. <laughs> Danzy's not sick anymore. Yeah. And Tog's hamstring isn't as bad as what we thought it was. <laughs> Back up in the uh, cold again. Just like, like that. <laughs> just out of the cold. Okay. And obviously, like, we, we come up to the... And he never said that to me, like, you know what I mean? Never said that to and me. And did that not annoy you now? No, because... Okay. Do you know why? <coughs> because I understood. You know, he you weren't in there anyway. He didn't need to tell me. Yeah. And he just, it was just a look on the Friday morning. He just kind of looked at me. And I went, you don't need to... I think he was going to pull me in. He seems, Damien, as well. Obviously, he's tough, stern character Absolutely, as well. He seems yeah. when, it, when it, there's, like, there's boundaries. Yeah. Um, and rightly so, you wouldn't have the longevity and career he's had without that. But did he just respect and appreciate the fact that you were a good professional as well? Absolutely. Around the place. Absolutely. So he appreciated Absolutely. that. Absolutely. But, uh, but on the Friday morning training, I, I walked up to the canteen and I remember he was stood there and he kind of, we, we, a little moment where he looked at each other and I went, you don't need to go for it, don't worry about it. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah, he might yeah. have like, and I knew that he was going to say to me, look, so when we got to the game the next day, obviously the match day programme was there and it was like, um, Chris and Pat's man the match was me. The lads were like, first player ever to get man the match and be binned out of the squad. <laughs> 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 you know what I mean? But I just kind of went, I understood my time had, it was gone. You know what's what I mean? The, what's the connection he has with Palace? There? He's born there. He's from, um, so he, he's from, um, that's his neighbourhood. Yeah, he's born, yeah. he's born like, so that's why they love him so up the road. Yeah. yeah. And he was the, a schoolboy um, there. The, I don't know if you've ever seen this, Eric. One of the best, and I'm not just saying this, I actually said it to Dave before I think I texted him about it, but one of the best football documentaries I've ever seen is the one when Eagle's there. Is, is, oh, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. absolutely unbelievable. And I haven't seen that one. We'll That's check it out. For me to check, out yeah. check out. Yeah. It's absolutely phenomenal about when they were going into bankruptcy, the four fans, Parrish, and a couple mm. of his mates got in because they were just fans who loved the yeah, club. Yeah. Just normal Joe lads who done well got involved, saved the club. The club literally in a, in a in its debt like yeah, wasn't yeah, it yeah. and the boys were interviewed and all and about the season they had it was brilliant it is so it's, it's so in your opinion then Damien to, to sum, summarise it's a good move for Pal and it's proven to be already well, a good move well it's good like, I mean look Steve's nobody's fool like you know he know, like, and he knew that, that that Palace were lagging one going well under Vieira hadn't won this calendar year I think it was three out of four games he didn't have an effort on goal yeah. you know what I mean you could, and, and, and Steve would have and I know Steve he would have been looking at it thinking 
what suggests anything is going to change here? Right. And it wasn't. And the players looked fat. And all of a sudden, the Eze's and the Ulises were on the bench, you know, and all of a sudden it was like, hang on a minute. No. Yeah. And I think in the end, he just went, you know what, Roy, a fresh voice. And Roy would have given structure to the lads, you know, do your thing, but there's your parameters. And if you do that, you do that, and you do that. I mean, he just a shape every day. Yeah. Like every day, team shape. Team shape. Unopposed. Uh, but see the likes play. of that, how you're so um, complimentary towards him. Yeah. Because the likes of just doing shape every day would drive players up the walls. Mm. But they still... But if you're winning, that's the key. Yeah. The I've had managers do that. If you're winning... Like, I remember I remember coming off the training pitch, the lads are like... Like, Roy would have done his 45 minutes of shape. And the lads would be like, Gaffer. And Ray Lewton was his assistant. And Ray was very vocal. And, and Roy would be walking off the training pitch. And the lads were like, Gaffer, can we have a 5 And Stephen Reid was 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 there, whatever. And, and I said, Reid, can we have a 5 And Roy would be like, ah. Yeah, can I swear on this? Roy yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Roy would be like, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Five sides, bad habits. <laughs> <laughs> and, then it, and then they'd be like, and then the lads would be like, come on, get me on a five out. And the gaffer would be like, Reedy, two minutes each way, and I will be watching. <laughs> <laughs> and he will be gone. Brilliant. You know what I mean? But then you'd see him at the window looking down the yeah, training pitch, like, you know what I mean? So he had that. But when you're winning, players don't care. Honestly, you'll like, buy into anything. I played for managers that like would name the team on a Monday and start to do set pieces. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, can you win him? Just on previous managers you worked under, Damien. How does the Roy Hodgson um, managerial status in your mind compare to Frank De Boer? Did you play to Frank? Didn't you? The shortest, most, the worst run in Premier League history from a manager. I think. Yeah, I wasn't there, man. Were you not? <laughs> no, I wasn't. I was, I was um... the producer. <laughs> oh, no, I, I was. I was at the football club. Okay, you were. All right. <laughs> I was just ostracised. Ah. I was a part of it. Yeah, there was a. This is the point I was making to you about when when they don't want you. You're treated like dirt in a lot of cases. I, I, I did a lot of it myself, Al, to be honest with you. I had a, did you? I but that's what goes on. Like, People don't realize. I mean, that's why I love the fact that Hodgson, you said about Roy Hodgson, that yeah. even though he wasn't in his plans, but still treated him with respect. But, but Roy followed Frank. So, like, halfway through pre season, I, I, I just, it won for me. Like, I, I just knew. What was it, Damien? Can you, uh, I'm not going to go into details okay, about right, it because right. it's, it, it, you know, it's way too. Um, it just won for me. Right. right? Okay. And, um, and basically. So great footballers don't necessarily make great managers. Well, basically. I don't know. Anyway, one for me. So yeah. all of a sudden, no. And in Crystal Palace, the academy is about 500 yards down the road. So you have to go back out onto the main road. Good. And I was in the academy. And Richard Shaw. Remember Richard Shaw? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Shawzi was like the, the 21 manager. And Shawzi was like, look at me going. And he goes, Shawzi, I will help you train in session. He was like, perfect. So I, I trained properly. And I tried to set an example for the, the young lads. Yeah. and You know what I mean? And be a good professional and stuff like so. Um, but then when Frank got sacked... I was coming to training that morning and at like 7 o'clock in the morning, Kitman phoned me, Danny, and Danny was like, Gaffer wants to see you. And I went, which Gaffer? He went, the new one. <laughs> so like, I went, diverted straight, straight to the change room. He come in and the first thing Roy said to me, he said, don't know what happened. And I don't care. Do you want to come back in? I said, absolutely. He said, good, get your stuff. Brilliant. <laughs> and that was great. it. I was back in then. Like, you know what I mean? So he obviously, like, I mean, you weren't the only one who who, who didn't believe in uh, Frank De Boer. Just, uh, he was, what was it, four weeks, four matches, I think he, four he lasted. Matches, yeah. Or something like that. And uh, obviously he, he was in training sessions and the players just immediately copped on, this fella doesn't know what he's talking about. You know? I think he, it was, a, didn't he get involved with a verbal spat with Jose Mourinho? And Mourinho, Mourinho had a go at him then recently. Uh, that about, was uh, the, the interview. Like, uh, I think yeah. he said something about Wilfred. Like was it Wilfred? I think it was. It might have been Wilfred. He said something like, um, you know, Mourinho's not good for young players. And then Mourinho said something like, you know, if you want to learn how to lose, play with Frank, the worst Premier League manager. <laughs> yeah, 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 He will yeah. find out. It's just me mentioning Mourinho, uh, Damien. Obviously, when, when people are coming on the show, we do a little bit of research, Googled you. And there was a great interview. You're talking about Jose Mourinho. You have a lot of time for I Jose Mourinho. Him, and the class of the man. Yeah. And was, it, was it a match or something he came in to dress? Uh, a couple of times, yeah. yeah. A couple of times. Um, 
Like we beat Chelsea at Stamford Bridge uh, one year and uh, Tony Pulis was the manager and we were in Stamford Bridge in the changing room and like it subsequently turned out someone said to me afterwards that like um, sorry Al I'm hogging the shit out of this now aren't I? Came you, up, I mean? you hog away um, I'm interested I love this <laughs> like, love this um, shit. Someone said to me a lot. So was, the stat was along the line was that over the course of Again, I've done no research for this, so Harry Kane's age, there's other things that I say, <laughs> but they're ballpark correct. Yeah. You know, you what get I mean? to do a voiceover after. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, over the course of 11 years, of a sport, first spell at Chelsea, Inter Milan, Real Madrid, and second spell at Chelsea, he had only ever lost one league game at home. Okay. Wow, I think wow. it was Inter Milan. So he, Jose never lost league games at home, and we beat them at Sanford Bridge. So you, you know what it was. It was a monumental like, occasion. Huge. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? And like Tony Pulis was in there afterwards, and we were like sitting in the changing room. And like, normally what you do is you'd have you know, one of your security guys on the door so that no one comes in, you know what I mean? Just so the gaffer's not interrupted when he's giving his, his chat, like, you know. But now there's a double door at Chelsea, so you, you, you go in, we heard the first door go, and we went, oh, that geezer's getting sacked in the morning. Like, he's letting someone in. <laughs> Next thing the door just flung open, and it was the, 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 the dream coat. You know, oh yeah, yeah, yeah! yeah, yeah. Just, just, just came in like Jose, and even Tony Pulis took a step back, like just kind of melted back into the wall, like, and Jose just took over our team top for us. Wow! And just like was just saying how complimentary he was, was how good we were. He's so impressed with us, you know. You guys are great. You keep playing like that. You will have no issues. Seriously, well respected. You earned that one. I can't fault my team. We gave everything. You're a better team on the day. It's just not often you hear that, is it, about Hodgie? You know, but, you think but, it was but, a bit... Yeah, I would kind of... Would that not make you feel, though, was he just patronising you? No, even? not at all, man. He the was guy's sincere. so genuine. Like, okay. Oh, the guy was so genuine. Do you know what I mean? Like, he, he genuinely was. Like, you know, and I think it happened again another time at Sellers. We beat them. I think when they get... John Terry scored an own goal. We won 1-0 um, at Selhurst at back end of the season. I think it was a game that confirmed us staying in the league. Um, and Chelsea were going for the league at the time mm-hmm. as well. And the same thing. Just came in and was just like... Unbelievable, like and real so, sincerity like, about, about it. Oh, gen- if you heard him talk and he commands a room, you know yeah. what I mean. And then went around and shook everyone's hand, like you know what I mean. And it was just like awesome, like. And I just think the guy has a presence, you know what I mean. Has an aura. And I, I spoke with this the other night on um on on TV about um no one ever criticizes Jose, players wise. No, that's true. Like I love him, yeah. Like no player. Do you remember he left Inter and who was the Matt Ratsy balling crying out, yeah. in, the, out oh, in the tunnel? Yeah, remember yeah, balling yeah. his like, eyes. Whatever you that. say about him, and he rubs the media up the wrong way, the fans up the wrong, referees, everybody. But I've yet to meet a player that's ever no. come out and said anything remotely negative against him, and that's ext- for the career he's had. Yeah. And look, what he's doing at Roma now. Yeah. That's his gig, underdog. Like he had. The other, remember they scored that winning goal uh, in the Europa League. Yeah. The other night, and he had he was conducting like yeah, the, the, yeah, the like, final, you know, yeah, yeah, unbelievable. And I'm just like going, that's that's Jose coming back, you know. He couldn't fix Spurs. Yeah, you think so? If he's given a bit more time, nah, man, not even Jose. Could yeah, do that. Just that's what I'm saying. Him off. and Conte are two yeah. of the most. The heads would roll off. Yeah. Like, they'd have tried. Yeah, and just realised it was futile, and just like said, oh, I need over here quick. But I'm delighted. I love seeing him do well at, at yeah. Roma. He's a, he's he's a, he's a genuine fella. Like he really yeah. is. He's everyone is just like you know. I met him a couple of times, like you know, like um, just in a kind of a one-on-one, like and like he knew, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like he was chatting to me and, and stuff like that, and I was like, "Going, geez, he actually knows who I am." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. And he mentioned something one time about like the playoff final, like you know, he was like, "Oh, the playoff final, you guys were so good. I was at this game." Like you know what I mean? Little yeah. details yeah. that yeah. makes yeah. you feel like, yeah. "Oh, yeah. geez, I'm important." Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> not, yeah. but he's I not feel like Jose. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's so. not bullshitting you, like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, Brilliant. Yeah. Sorry, um, so yeah, he was nine years. That's what the, the last just told me in the earpiece there. Nine years uh, without losing a home game. That's just fire with the stats today, aren't they? Freakish, isn't it? Really is. 
So, uh, like, we're coming towards the business end of the season now, lads. Um, I want to get tips from you. Uh, I think we all agreed that possibly City will go on and win the Premier League. Um, but in terms of the Champions League, you know, City are playing the perennial winners of the Champions League, Real Madrid, in the semi-final. And it's the Milan derby in the other semi-final. Who's your favourite for the Champions League and why? Um, I think City will get it done this year. Really? Yeah, I do, yeah. Interesting. I just They were imperious against Bayern. I thought actually Bayern played quite well too. But they yeah. but they didn't give a sniff. Like, yeah. you know I, mean? like I mean, normally when Bayern play that well, you think the Bayern have a chance. At no point did I think Bayern, even the way like the second leg mm. at the Allianz, like City just covered up like a box on the ropes. Didn't give a sniff. Except for the Sané chance. You know what I mean? They dealt with that really well and I just think that they're in a good place. They got the squad. They look fresh. They look hungry. I just, I just think this is their year. I'm Real Madrid. Are you really? I yeah? actually am, yeah, genuinely, yeah. Is that based on, and I would, like, I on form it. or history? Yeah, I, a bit of both. <laughs> Which is, yeah, like, I mean. A bit of both. And the reason being, I watched the, the Classico a couple of weeks ago, and the first half was, like, for Classico standard, it wasn't kind of up to what yeah. we were used to. And I was thinking, there's not much going on here. Second half, they came out Real Madrid. They ended up winning 4-0. They were unbelievable. Scored two or three goals on the counter-attack. And I just think the way City play, Vinicius Jr., they've struck up this relationship, him and Benzema. He's electric. Rodrigo on the other side. I just think City will cough up chances that maybe Sané missed and Bayern didn't take. Um, and then you bring the whole history and tradition into it. Ancelotti, all those things. I'm big on those things. Modric is playing out of his skin. Yeah. Um, Cruz signed another deal. I actually, I remember yeah. tweeting about it at the time, when the quarterfinals, when they had basically, effectively had them one after the first legs. And just saying, this is going to be one hell of a two legs. Yeah, the two yeah. games are going to be absolutely sensational. And I'm just swaying towards Real Madrid. But it's hard to argue. Like, you know if, 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 if it was a City AC Milan final, tight that. You think so? Yeah, I think I, I think. AC. Damien, I was at I was at AC Milan Spurs, right? Yeah, Spurs should be in the semi final. Spurs were a disgrace that night as well yeah. in the two legs. AC Milan are, but in a one off game, me. I think in a one off game, AC Milan just have this kind of dogged. Every time we watched them this year, I just went, "Ooh, we might play them." Like you'd have to work hard to get anything off them. All their games low scoring, low action. You know, no. but they're capable, aren't they? I mean, they 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 have so they have so they're nice set up, and I think they could they could they could do a bit of damage to City, but I think City will come through Madrid by virtue of the fact that I think Madrid will come at City, which and should I, suit them, and I think that'll suit City. I think Real Madrid won't sit in. I think City would struggle if someone sat in against them and like really made them difficult. Pep, imagine his brain going ninety, <laughs> like a hamster in the wheel. Like you know what I mean? What can I do to fix this? You know what I mean? And then he would just get all out of shape again, like. Uh, Damien we're coming towards the end of the podcast and we have this thing that we do now called word association Alan did it and now you're doing it so I'll, tell, I'll say something you give me a one word answer right 10, uh, ten words 10 things I've, I've got written here you give me a one word answer I we've got to say hag we've got 66 <laughs> <laughs> <Ten> no, <hag. laughs> I am a 10 hag fan that's, it, that's exactly the game you're on the ball <laughs> so uh, so it'll be 60 well, seconds would, so. don't, don't go like that it goes it goes <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I know, Max. Get set. <laughs> Go. Cork City FC. Doing all right. One word answer. One word answer, Damien. First love. First love. That's two two words again. <laughs> <laughs> love. We'll give you love. We'll give you love, right? Because uh, no, I don't say that. Like, <laughs> this is to be all over me. <laughs> the Sultans of Ping FC. Who? <laughs> That's, That's right. That's word. a good answer. Uh, the Young Offenders. That's okay. The Jack Lynch Tunnel. 
Bollocks. You cost me on the way to Foda. You spent way too much out. time in your life in that you tunnel. Exa- yeah, <laughs> rushing to Foda to play golf and fucking sitting in the bathroom going, come on, will you? <laughs> Sellhorse Park. Heaven, man. Really, yeah. 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 Do you yeah. know, Sellhorse Park, oh, as I've said this to you before, Damien, out of all the grounds in the Premier League, and I know the sports have that super modern, beautiful, space-like oh, no. stadium, but Selhurst Park, to me... It's our type of ground. The atmosphere is yeah. just... It, when I, I, and I had a, a time where it was like... At the, t- at the Right out of what you were talking about. You need you know to know watch I mean? this documentary. It's the best football documentary. Like, they went from like 2010 going out of business to Premier League 2013. Like You would love it. Or... They didn't give a shit whether we stayed up or went down. They couldn't believe where they were. And like never once did a human being leave that stadium early or stop singing. Scarce one day was sorry, Yeah. How good was Dougie Friedman? I Dougie was brilliant, yeah. Dougie was great. He harnessed all that and he cobbled together a bunch of fucking nobodies. Watch this, you love it. Like, you know what I mean? Like getting fellas in like that nobody had heard of and just fostered this uh, I'd love to go to Selhurst Park, take in a game sometime. I really would. Um uh, so uh, London. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Brian Kerr. Best mate. <laughs> <laughs> He's my best mate. <laughs> the Rolling Stones. Incredible. Went to see, I went to see the Rolling Stones once. It was on my bucket list in um, in an open air concert at a football venue in Minneapolis, Minnesota. I was in New York and um, uh, the bass player, the original bass player of the Stones was a Chris Palace fan. Yeah, Bill Wyman is Chris Palace fan, and he's come to some of the games because okay. he grew up around uh, thing. And uh, I was in New York at the end of the season, and someone said they had this like postcode tour where they were only playing postcodes with a certain or a zip code zip code tour, 2016, and they were playing in Minneapolis, Minnesota, at a university football stadium. And I text Mark Bright, and I knew Bright used to sit with Bill Wyman at the Palace games. Right. So I text Bright, and I said, Bright, any chance like that Bill would get me to this concert another night? Like, so he texts me back, and he goes, "Here's a hotel and a hotel room." You're um, can you get to Minneapolis? Wow. So I straight to JFK, man, and just into Minneapolis. Um, got so you got to the gig? Oh, I got to an open air concert. Bucket list off, uh, Corona in my hand. Amazing. Like, literally, literally, like three rows back, the, the bit that Mick was up and down all night, yeah. like Keith was just there. Ah, oh, man. Just like that. And um, it was, it was it, what are they called? The Gophers or something? Big up. Anyway, that was a bucket yeah. list thing. Open air stadium. A big Rolling Stones fan. As you could tell with Bill Wyman. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, so we've got two left on the list. Diego Costa. Enjoyable. Yeah. I want to expand on that, Damien. And the reason yeah. I put him into the list is, right, I saw a tweet from the Crystal Palace account uh, when when uh, when you were there at the club. I think it was, they were saying you were 10 years at the club or whatever. 10 years of Damien Delaney at Crystal Palace. What's your favourite moment? And most, the vast majority of the comments and replies from Palace fans were... The running battles he had with Diego Costa. Yeah. But you're saying they were enjoyable. Oh, I loved it, man. Really, yeah? I'd much rather that than any of the other carry on. Like, okay, know. right. Was it, was there, was there like shit house going on? He didn't speak on? English, like, so. Right, okay. Um, you know what I mean? So he would just oh, just run into it, but then you give it back to him. And I just remember referees going. He you? probably enjoyed it too. Didn't oh, but the referee go, are you happy? I go, yeah. And he goes, are you happy? I go, yeah. And he goes, well, if you have that. <laughs> 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 you know what I mean? He goes, yeah. he, the referee just said, just don't cross the line, lads. You know what I yeah. mean? Don't kill each other. I'm a grand man. So, so it's just, just, just uh, like as ah, you say, yeah, he doesn't, like, doesn't speak the same language as you. But there's, ah, a lot of Portuguese was me. Uh, yeah, a lot of Portuguese was me. Obscenities under his They weren't nice. Sorts. I wouldn't have thought. But anyway, look, yeah, it was, it was good. Yeah, yeah. what's for that? And a small fellow running behind. Oh, that's brilliant. And the last thing I have for you, Damien, on the list is Clonakilty Black Pudding. Um, 
Yeah, not bad, I suppose. Yeah, I wouldn't be. He doesn't really get the one word answer thing, does he? He doesn't get the whole. <laughs> <laughs> how, how do you say? I, I, I would go, black, black, can't get a black pudding. Tasty. But if I'm not fussed about it. Right. <laughs> okay, well then there you go. I'll, I'll give Non-plus. you one word answer for it. I don't care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. i just go, meh. <laughs> anyway, that's, we've come to the end of our word association and we've done... You failed miserably. <laughs> you, you scored ruined. top marks. I tried to put in a couple of cork references there. Ruined. But I forgot that you spent most, most of your time in England over the last few years, so it doesn't matter. Um, but that's all we have for this week's House of Football with Sports Joe and William Hill. I want to thank... Uh, both Alan Cawley and Damien Delaney for gracing us with their presence and wonderful insight in football please subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast give us a like give us a follow tell your mates it all helps and we'll be back next week with more football and more chat thank you you've been listening to House of Football brought to you by Sports Joe and William Hill